they do. Flicks Anonymous. I don't know. It's just awesome. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man, man. Human beings were not meant to sit in little cubicles staring at computer screens all day. Plan B is, is just to keep on giving her. Like, you, you work hard. That's what's that, that a plan? Yeah, that's a plan right there. The guy opens his door and gets shot. You think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. I know what you're thinking. I kind of lost track myself. Being this is a 44 Magnum, 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and you blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Flix Anonymous on the Cannabis Life Network, the League of Manchildren.com, and the Daily Hive. I am Steve Stebbing. This here is Trevor Duick. Trevor Duick. Oh boy! So this is uh, episode forty-one. Yeah, it's a little hot. It's it's sweltery. Ooh, it's a hot it's episode. Very sweltery. It's it's uh, the time of the year where we're getting those weather warnings of it's the time of the year where the sweat rolls down the bum crack. Yeah, I'm feeling saucy tonight, everybody. Mm, you're looking saucy, Steve. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> feeling it now and feeling awkward Ooh, uncomfortable I'm yeah, I'm hey yeah. hey hey it's just uh, mm. it's just part of my uh, global warming yeah that's right uh but uh we are par- still going through our wrestling series that we're part oh, of so we're this so we're gonna do this i gotta make sure we have parameters on this so yeah you've picked the topic du jour it's every episode will begin with some topic. So we're going to be talking wrestling for the next what? Till episode fifty. Till episode fifty. Okay. Then yes. we'll, can I and, pick and the next subject matter? Yes, definitely. Okay. Uh, well, it's funny enough because this was kind of your idea for us to do wrestling ones too. But I wanted was, to make you feel good. Yeah, it know. was. It, it's, it's really just to make me feel awesome because I have a new podcast you can that you can find called BS from the Turnbuckle, where me and my buddy Brian talk wrestling every week. It's a weekly thing. So. Trevor gave me the awesome opportunity to be able to uh, plug that every week here on Flix Anonymous. This is episode 41, though, Um, and given that there's a big birthday this week, uh, this man is not exactly a wrestler by trade, but he has actually put on some some really fantastic matches uh, against his nemesis at the time, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that'd be Vincent K. McMahon. The, oh, the chairman of yeah. the board. Yeah, wow. I, I believe he's 72 72. So yeah, it's still man looks who built great. WrestleMania. Goddamn, this guy still looks great though. And every time he shows up and he walks a, down to the ring, he's a don. Yeah, exactly. When he when when he does this thing, which uh, Conor McGregor kind of took. Yeah. Uh, swagger. Yeah, you know, which he took from all the dweebs of the WWE. I guess we'll see. This Conor week. McGregor just God, lighting guy. everything on fire right now. I got a water bottle right now. I could. Yeah, we could toss it at each other. Yeah, exactly. Right now, like we Conor could. Conor McGregor did. And, and the Nate Diaz thing. We could have our own little feud. And, I'm looking and forward to the fights too. And yeah. SummerSlam's coming up. Speaking of uh, WWE stuff. and Takeover NXT, my shit here. Because yeah. you're you're passionate. You're passionate about professional wrestling because you you have the mm-hmm. fun podcast that you're yeah. doing. Yeah. Highly recommend it. I, I've been listening to it. And um, I'm really passionate about mixed martial arts. Yeah, yeah. It's like we have other passions outside of film. Imagine that. (laughs) Right? Right? We like things besides films. Yes. Craziness. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, we got some really interesting... (laughs) So let's talk about film. Let's talk about movies. Yeah, because we have some interesting, actually some pretty well-reviewed movies so far that are are getting released either in wide or or limited release. Uh, And one of them happens to be my favorite film of the year so far, probably one of my favorite screenplays Mm -hmm. currently uh, out right now. Um, so let's uh, let's start at the beginning. Uh, Leica Animation is yes. a company that has knocked it out of the park uh, for the last three films they did: uh, Coraline, uh, uh, Paranorman, yes. Box Trolls. All really, really great movies. But they're not; they're never good box office money. Mm-hmm. Like they all maybe double their budget, and that's about it. But they have a family cult status. They do those films, man. They get watched. Oh, trust me, I know. Mm-hmm. They get watched over and over again. Box Trolls is a regular. But they don't get. My house. They don't seem to get the love that Pixar or Disney does, and I think it's kind of a travesty and a robbery that they don't get that. Love. I don't know. I think it's also has done them well. Yeah. Well, you know, 
I'm really hoping that this one does incredibly well. Uh, this is Kubo and the Two Strings. Take a look. You're growing stronger. You might not want to look quite so pleased about that. We grow stronger. The world grows more dangerous. Life has a funny way of keeping things balanced. Monkey, do you ever say anything encouraging? I encourage you not to die. Interesting. I encourage you not to die. <laughs> Loving the voice work in there. Oh, the voice work's so good, but because this film has an Eastern look to it, mm -hmm. it's going to get shat on for not, have, not having Asian voices in the movie, which I, I well, think is, a, I think is an of. oversight, honestly. Yeah, really? Um, yeah. I think... No, 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 not for the film, but for the people that are saying that. I think it's just... it's Yeah. It's uh, Come on, guys. It's not unheard of. No, not at I all. I mean, we get a lot of uh, Japanimation. That mm -hmm. gets a lot of sometimes, you know, American actors' voices work. A lot yeah. of actually great yeah. animation that we get out here. Now, um, I want to know, because it looks really interesting. I have an eight-year-old daughter. I know mm -hmm. that the people who are watching probably have kids. Yeah. Is, that a, is, that, is, is a film that will keep an eight-year-old's attention? Yes. Yes. I think when you're going younger than that, I think there are a couple scenes that might be a little uh, frightening. Okay. But uh, overall, I think kids will love this movie. Explain uh, what it's about. Basically, uh, Kubo, uh, him and his mother live in a seaside community. She's in kind of a catatonic state that she has been ever since they wash up on the beach. Uh, and his grandfather and, and uh, his aunts, twin aunts, are after him for his power. Mm. Uh, they've already taken one eye, which is why Kubo has an eye patch. Okay. And they're after the other one to kind of like, you know, solidify the deal with the gods, become gods themselves. Uh, so Kubo's not allowed to go out at night as for his mom's wishes. He is out at night once, gets kind of tracked down, and then he has to go on his adventure okay. kind of thing. And his mother uses the last of, his, uh, of her magic to make his little monkey statue become a real person, kind of be the guide and the protector, protector for a bit. Yeah. They come across a samurai that's been cursed to live as a beetle, okay. which is Matthew McConaughey's character. All right, uh, all right. This, this, film is all, this film is all about uh, finding out who you are, uh, the legacy uh, of, of, of what you become, mm. and, and realizing uh, your family and your, your power within that. And I, I, th I think this is, this is my favorite animated film this year. This film is incredible. Uh, within the first few moments, I, I felt that overwhelming feeling that I did when I watched the movie Up for the right. first time, where yeah. you just like, oh crap. Like, that movie blew me away. The first scene in Up oh, absolutely yeah. destroyed me. Kubo has a scene that's, that's almost exactly the same of that, mm. that feeling. And I, I just, I, I felt entranced by this movie. I, I just felt so wrapped up in everything that was going on. And of course, the animation is just so amazing. Uh, like I love a, that style. Oh, I love it too. I love mm. it too. And it, it makes me melt immediately mm. as a movie reviewer. I'm just, it, it's so arresting. It's got a very nostalgic sort of exactly. feel to it, right? And, and just like every other movie, if you stay for a little bit, uh, every other Leica movie, if you stay for a little bit in the credits, you get to see them do a scene with mm -hmm. all the people trying to change everything in the background, going all fast motion yeah. and changing everything. This movie's incredible. Uh, this is a five. Oh, bring on the pal. Animate that one, stop motion. Um, uh, this one's also at a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes right now and an 80 on Metascore, so it is trending quite well. Getting really good reviews, man. Yeah, so uh, let's make this one an Academy Award winner this year because uh, they, they've been nominated every year, but they've yeah. never won. They've That's interesting. Won. So uh, this is my favorite animated movie of the year. Get out and see this movie. Support this movie. Make this one a hit. Excellent. Definitely. Yep. Alrighty. So the uh, the next one, uh, Trevor and I opted not to see this one. Thank God. Uh, it's it's not a remake. Apparently, Paramount wants to say this is not a reboot. This is not a remake. It is just simply another telling of the story of Ben Hur. That Take sounds a look. like a remake to me. <laughs> just another telling. Yeah! 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 You just took the title of it. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the original name. The sequel is going to be called Spartacus. <laughs> nothing to do with it. No, I know. And then Sandra probably Ryan. Yeah. Got nothing to do with it. It's a remake. Is that more of a remake? It is. Oh, we're having fun now, brother! Yeah! Yeah! Hey, um, 
I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, depending on the filmmaker, Ben-Hur could have been an interesting film. The fact that this film was made by Timur Bekmenbetov, whose last film was uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Uh, oh! Which was just horrid. A horrid movie that I actually paid money to go see. How fucking yeah. stupid am I? Um, <laughs> sucker. Total sucker. Um, of so, course, okay, so many people watched it on Netflix. Yeah, right? A lot of people got sucked into that oh, one. Totally. Just totally got screwed over by that one. But this one... Uh, uh, for th those who don't know, uh, you know, it, it revolves around uh, two friends. One betrays the other one. They're both like kind of like noble people in their uh, their their village. One screws the other guy over. He be ends up becoming a slave, okay. and then he fights his way to the top to fight in the arenas and stuff. And <sighs> Sounds a lot like Ben Hur to me. That's a, that's a, right, right. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not a remake. It's not a remake. Not a remake. It's, it's, it's the exact same story. They have the same chariot battles. Like like I don't know why you're trying to distance yourself from something good by making something terrible. But uh, this has uh, Jack Houston in it, Toby Kebbell. Um, you saw Morgan Freeman in there. Nog, uh, nog, nog, not gonna watch it. No, it's got a, <laughs> it, I, I mean, it started on Rotten Tomatoes when I looked at it, went from 100% to 33 immediately. And a 41 on Metascore, Metascore so you're, no, I, you're probably not gonna wanna watch this one. Even if, you might get duped into this one. As Trevor said, people got duped in Abraham Lincoln. You might get duped into this one on Netflix in about a year from now, so who knows? I, I probably will late Yeah, night. exactly. I just, I, I don't think you're gonna to wanna to spend uh, your shekels for this one. All right. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to the movie that Trevor and I saw tonight. Yes. And some true stories just seem crazy, so crazy that they can't exist in reality. Mm. Well. War Dogs is a true story. Take a look here. And it is. We're talking freaking exclusive fuck. access to a stockpile of Soviet bloc non-standard weapons and ammo. That's gonna win this deal for us. Jonah He's Hill, on man. a terrorist watch mm -hmm. list. Whatever, yeah. people end up I on really that list for bringing scissors onto an airplane. That's not why he's on the list. Look, the Pentagon wants 100 million rounds of AK-47 ammo in the middle of a worldwide shortage. Where do you think they think that's gonna come from? A bunch of shady mother like that guy. This is the job, to do business with the people in places the US government can't do business with directly. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. It's a lot better than selling linens, right? So uh, <laughs> this film uh, comes from uh, the Hangover Trilogy director, uh, Todd Phillips. I got a director that I, I really like. I, I'm not mm -hmm. huge on Hangover 2 and 3. Not, not a big fan of those ones, but everything else that he's done, I've, I've been on board Starsky with. Starsky and Hutch? Uh, Starsky and Hutch was fun. Mm -hmm. Was fun. Uh, road trip, fun. Road trip. Um, yeah. Due date, I even really liked quite mm. a bit. But uh, uh, so War Dogs is uh, based on a true story. It's actually based on a uh, Rolling Stone article by a, an author named uh, Guy Lawson who wrote about two young guys from Florida, uh, <laughs> Ephraim and David, David who... Uh, got together and started running guns together mm -hmm. and became uh, the biggest gun runners in, uh, in the world for a little bit there. And uh, just way in over their head and just two guys, uh, at least one guy obsessed with Scarface and the other oh, guy. Oh, totally. The other guy uh, just kind of uh, needing money, really. He was just kind of like duped into the whole thing about uh, needing money. Yeah. Uh, so David, uh, that guy, that guy, that's David. He's played by Miles Teller. Yeah. And uh, Jonah Hill plays Ephraim, uh, kind of the flashy guy that kind of gets him in into the situation. And uh, um, I'm gonna say automatically that you, obviously these roles were kind of retooled for both of these actors because you feel like the dialogue that they share and stuff was very much stuff that works to their actor sensibilities. Yes. Most of all. Absolutely. I mean, you were telling me before because uh, you did a little bit of you know research on the actual yeah. real life. Uh, uh, characters, yeah, and they don't look anything like no, them. Zero, <laughs> zero. But it's yeah. not something we haven't seen before. No. I think what's most important is the story and how this is like, you know, actually happened. How much you know, creativity and you know other stuff they put into it. Who knows? Yeah. But um, you know, for the most part, it's it's that story, which is just fucking crazy. It is. It's it's. If insane. you think about it, yeah. like it's it's what these guys did to make that much money and just having no idea what they were doing either. Yeah. You way know? way in over their heads. I thought the I thought the dialogue in this film was really well done. I, mm -hmm. I like you said it did play to the you know Jonah Hill's strengths, which I think hey, if you're going to have Jonah Hill in the movie playing that character might as well. And yeah. you know, I thought he this was one a very another strong performance 
for Jonah Hill. That laugh that he has, everything was, was really... The movie was fun. Yeah. I mean, um, did you think it dragged at all at any point? There's just like, there's a couple dry patches in it, but not enough to really Did it seem really remember. long to you? No? Not really, You were okay no. with Yeah, the I think I was okay. Did you feel a little, a little I'm not drag? sure yet. I'm still kind of... There was a couple times where I was like, okay, they probably could have ended this, like, you know, mm. near the end. But um, I thought that maybe a couple times. But um, honestly, I was having too much fun. The yeah. dialogue was snappy, and some of Jonah Hill's throwaway lines in this movie are, are, are really funny. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, like you said, I'm sure people who are going to watch are going to find little problems with it. Yeah. Things like yeah. that. And, and I'm going to go do research now mm -hmm. on the actual real people and see... Yeah you know, how close it was to the real story. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple uh, uh, choices in the filmmaking that I disagreed with a bit, uh, mm -hmm. just, just how they, they like to break things up in the movie. I just had a little bit of problems. Like I said, that's small. Um, Todd Phillips seems to, for this film, seems to uh, have gone to the school of Michael Bay a little bit for this one. And I'm not talking Transformers Michael Bay or Bad Boys Michael Bay. I'm talking more like a pain and gain okay. Michael Bay. Like, like just a more grounded, yeah, just a little bit more stylized, a little bit more of that Instagram filter, sepia tones here and there. Trendy little, you know, yeah, rock of, songs and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. So there's a, a bit of that school. I like there. how Scarface was intertwined through. I was questioning the film. it too, because before we watched the movie, we were looking at the poster, and the poster yes. is almost exactly a knockoff of Scarface. Yeah. With both Teller and, and Hill on the poster. And, and there's a reason for that. There is a reason for it. Because beforehand, you're just like, whoa, you guys are really trying to grab onto some, there's some kind of audience here. Mm -hmm. But it actually works for the movie. So uh, forgivable for Warner Brothers to take from uh, Universal mm -hmm. a little bit there. So, kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, I'm going to go with a three and a half out of five for this one, though. Yeah, man, I'm sitting at about a three and a half as well. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Not We're, a perfect film, but a fun film. No, yeah. absolutely worth yeah. seeing if uh, you want to go out or even if you want to wait for VOD. It's definitely worth uh, checking out. Definitely. It was weird because it didn't really get a ton of marketing push. I mean, you saw trailers, yeah. but you haven't really seen it being pushed that much. Warner Brothers has been so busy pushing like Suicide Squad and Batman yeah. and, and other stuff like that that they've really let a lot of their marketing on other films just kind of drop a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It, it might not work out so well for Warner Brothers. You might want to keep that one in check. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's uh, head into Limited. And the first movie this week, I can't believe it's limited. Like, it just bothers me that this movie is limited because you do that, nobody's going to see this movie. And to me, this is the best screenplay this year. Yeah. Uh, this is Chris Pine, Ben Foster, and Jeff Bridges in Hell or High Water. Take a look. They have video. Same deal all the way around. Doesn't Walmart sell all sorts of electronic equipment? My word. Get your hands off that. Oh. Oh, these boys... They aren't done yet, I'll tell you that. How come? Yeah, well, they're patient. They just sticking to the drawers, not taking the hundreds. That's the bank's money. We can trace him. that. They're, so good. they're trying He's to raise the Chris Christopherson type thing in this movie. It's so brilliant. Thanks to get there. Oh yeah. God, I Look. love this movie so much. Yeah, I, so much so that when we went to the, when I did the press screen, uh, screening for it, I looked at the guy that runs it, our buddy Mark, and I was like, "Can you just run it again?" I'll just sit here and watch it again. It's that good. Mm. And it's, I mean, you watch the trailers and it just feels like it has this crazy intensity to it. Mm -hmm. um, and then the movie starts with like one, like one, so, like one tracking shot, does a 360 thing and then follows a girl into a bank and then, you know, they hold up that first bank and everything. It's one continuous shot and it's gorgeous. But then the dialogue starts and it, it's funny. The movie is actually quite funny. Mm. And to a certain point where it hits an intensity, you know, in the third yeah. act where shit starts to get re you know, real, yeah. to, to quote Martin Lawrence from Bad Boys. Um, <laughs> but this movie is very, very interesting because it's very much a neo-Western. Uh, the film follows two brothers who are robbing uh, West Texas banks, uh, but only certain branches because these are the branches that have been sucking people dry of mortgages and, and land taxes and all this right. kind of stuff and just been leeching off the people and making all of these little towns dirt poor and that's mm. something that is, becomes obvious so you, they almost become like this kind of like a, a Robin Hood like but only for their yeah. own kind of game for their thing. own but game, people yeah. kind of applaud what they're kind of doing at the same time yeah, like the residents they're giving stuff. the middle finger to the man really. that's exactly it so then uh, on the the law side you have Jeff Bridges and his uh, his partner played by uh, the scene stealing Gil Birmingham 
uh, who uh, Jeff Bridges is on the eve of his retirement. Like right. He imminently retired, but he doesn't want to be that guy that sits on his porch, lives out his days. He wants to go out and hail a gunfire. Yeah, yeah. So he feels like, hey, this is, I'm going to track these bank robbers down. And, and, and there seems to be like this kind of like admiration that he has for them at the same time. Uh, the performances in this one are fucking fantastic. I mean, Chris right. Pine, I, I've never seen a great, a, a better performance out of this kid. Yeah, he's just <clears> so <throat> good in this. And Bernie ben Webber. Foster, Bernie Webber. Who, the, both ben, ben Foster and Chris Pine were in that Finest Hours movie, which they were good in, but this, the movie was just yeah, the movie wasn't and not that great. Really good. Yeah. This one is just... This one's got, got to put them back on top of the hill. Ben Foster is one of the best character actors out there, and he mm. just keeps getting better with age. Um, and this movie is my favorite screenplay of the year. Uh, Taylor Sheridan wrote it. He wrote Sicario last year. Yeah. So, I mean, he's on a two-year roll right now. If this film doesn't get nominated for, for any of those big awards, then there, there's something wrong with the Academy. And I know I've said this kind of shit before, but this one... This, this, this one's really making me feel it right Which now. Which sucks for me because I'm, I'm going to see it tomorrow <laughs> as, know, right? at the day after we've recorded this. Yeah. <clears throat> My review will be up on the Daily Hive on Friday or the day, you know, today when you're yeah. watching this. Yeah. It'll be up on the Daily Hive. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it's too unfortunate because I really wanted to see it because I would have loved to talk about it. But yeah. um, I know everything I've been hearing has just been stellar. Well, this one's another five. Oh, touch Boom. me, but darling. There I go. Yeah, there we but go. not only that, like if you're just like, oh man, you're giving too many fives. And I, you know, I... If I really do love a movie, I am going to give it that score. That's just the way it goes. But to back up what I'm saying, it's 98% certified on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. 98%. Mm -hmm. Like, that's fucking crazy. And then it, on, on Metascore, it's at 86. A lot of movies don't go over 80 on Metascore. Very tough. Very tough to go over 80 on Metascore because that's you're, you have to average... Over, like you have to be averaging like a 90%. We've seen movies like this before uh, mm -hmm. where they come out this time of year or even a little bit earlier that are just amazing films that sometimes get lost in the shuffle later on when you get into the November and the yeah. December type, you know, Oscar films that studios push at that time of year. Yeah. Um, you think this has staying power? It does. It does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think this one should stick in people's minds. Just the snappiness of the dialogue and the, the amount of fun you're having in a movie that is about a lot of hardship. But there's just like a dour humor to it that is just. People love very stories nice. like that, though. That you yeah. were talking about the Robin Hood scenario, the and guys, you know, damn the man. That, especially mm -hmm. nowadays, and especially with the financial crisis of uh, housing crises and everything that's going on, this is just a movie that's going to yeah. beat up a lot of people's alleys. And I mean, Jeff Bridges sells this movie alone. Yeah, he's so uh, he's the dude. Get out there. Find Hell or High Water. You're not going to want to miss this movie. And when you see that movie and you love it, tell your friends. Yeah, Same absolutely. with Kubo, actually. If you see that movie and you love it, tell your friends. Two, two really great ones. Two Kubo, really Two good Strings, one. and Hell or High Water. Even War Dogs was, was, was yeah, fun. But exactly. definitely Hell or High Water and Kubo are on pretty much another level. Is, exactly. As uh, so let's, uh, let's head into something that's also into a, a little bit of a, a different uh, area. Yeah. In 1987, Oliver Stone made uh, an Academy Award-winning movie for uh, Michael Douglas called Wall Street, which had Gordon Gecko being a, a pretty big villain on Wall Street. Right. Well, now we get ladies doing the same type of movie. Mm, of course. In the new film, Equity, with Anna Gunn. Here's a look. Interesting. Hi. Hi, I saw the email from Neil. Mm, he does love to play hard to get. Everyone likes to think their company's a unicorn. You read up on the other companies? Yeah, so I was looking at... Shay, I have a hunch they're looking to expand. You've got the numbers on them? I will bring them right over. Great. Yeah? Everyone's saying there's gonna be some movement around here. So I'm wondering if now might be the time to talk about that promotion. No. Now is not the right time. HR is out there snatching blackberries. I get that. But I've been undercompensated two years in Aaron, a row. I told you I'd make a push for you, and I will. But it is a down year. I do need those numbers ASAP. Oh. So, yeah, uh, it's a, the ruthless investment banker world, trading yeah. stocks, trying to open a company at 
at a, at a great high stock and promising that company stocks and insider trading and, and sabotaging and but all of this from uh, you know hide powered ladies so mm -hmm. different this time and a gun from uh, Breaking Bad leads this film um, and, and not a lot of big actors in that one besides that uh, my buddy Nate Cordry's in this movie a little bit um, and uh, her uh, her uh, boyfriend in the movie is uh, played by James Purefoy who I think is totally miscast in this movie because I think there's a certain smarm and greasiness about him and his roles that he usually plays that you kind of can telegraph that he's not going to be a character on the level yeah. type thing. Yeah. So I think he gets pigeonholed a bit and I think it kind of destroys the structure of the story a little bit. Okay. Um, this movie is made by first-time writers, a first-time director, uh, all ladies, uh, which I applaud for sure. Uh, it's definitely a, a very... A uh, big and ambitious movie. Um, I just felt like the um, the 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 lack of of uh, veteran quality on this one really kind of faulted the movie and made it a little less more a little less impactful than it could have been if it was in the hands of a more seasoned, um, seasoned director. Yeah. yeah, interesting story, good idea. Definitely. I just needed that little extra. Some of it came off like a high school play to me, just just because of that. Just because the blocking seemed a little weird, or just like the the way that the scenes were cut felt a little wrong to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm a little bit on the minority on this one because it is an 83% certified okay. on, on Rotten Tomatoes right now, so and it's 68 pretty, pretty meta. So it's doing pretty good. Yeah, It's doing pretty well. I, it's just not a movie that landed with me. I, I love all the ideas. I love Anna Gunn. I, I really mm. think it's great that she's moved from that Skylar role, a, a very much a supporting role on Breaking Bad, to Pivotal role on Breaking pivotal, Bad, Pivotal, but, but yeah, an incredibly pivotal role, but yeah. largely a support Supporting role for a long time in that series, yeah. but finally getting that 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 push to be some, the some starring lady. Yeah, she's really great in it, and she does have a very Gordon Gecko line about how money shouldn't be a dirty word, and you should yeah. actually be able to love money now nice. and stuff. And I think it's it's interesting. It's got that Gordon Gecko kind of. I love her in that it. role too, man. To go yeah. from sort of like the you know the Skyler role to something like that. And look how cold, like almost cold, but like for a purpose. She is in that one scene. Like it, it works yeah. very well in Equity, but I just felt like everything around it just kind of uh, kind of failed. Some rough edges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so uh, I, I gave that one a two and a half out of five. Oh, two and a half. Two and a half. All right. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty, so uh, another movie. I've been sitting on my review for this movie for about two months now. Uh, this movie did really, really, really well at uh, Sundance. Uh, a lot of people loved this film. Mm. Uh, it, it might get one of those pushes towards uh, the Independent Spirit Awards. Uh, this comes from Love is Strange director Iris Sachs. This film is called Little Men. Take a look. I just want to make sure of you. No, 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 please. I can't tell you how happy oh. I am that Jake has a new friend. You know, it's yeah, yeah. not easy with him and other boys. And he... Great that the two of them get along so well. I like Greg. You have a great kid there, but he's I guess so, you know that. He's so underrated, honestly. Yes. Thanks. Oh, this, he's so good in this film. He's so good. Uh, you know, Brian and I wanted to have a talk with you about some things anyway, so maybe now's a good time. Oh, thank you, but... I have to go back and finish some stuff at the office. Yeah, well, we just wanted a minute of your time, if that's OK. Right, Brian? Um, I have to go back, but thanks. You know, Leonore, ever since my father died, just so much has happened. You and I haven't really had a chance to talk about the store and all that stuff. And maybe we could just have a chat this week. Oh, I'm sorry, but this week is not good for me. I'm doing inventory, so... Next week? Could be. Uh, Thursday, I have uh, rehearsal. We're going to get out of rehearsal early. I could come by early evening. Sure. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you kind of dropped into the middle of that one, but it's just some showcasing. I've just really much the reality of how this movie plays. Yeah. Uh, a very real film. It's about... Uh, Greg Kinnear and his wife uh, and their, your, their son, Jake, they move into their father's apartment building after he passes away. Right. And uh, Jake becomes friends with another, another boy that lives in the building with his mother that you saw there who run a little shop out of the basement. Um, and they start to become really good friends, the two boys. Um, but meanwhile, their parents start to fight about money. 
because okay. she doesn't pay a regular rent because she had an arrangement with his with uh, Greg Kinnear's father and everything. It's kind of like a verbal, you'll never have to pay over this amount. Greg Kinnear needs to hike the money, so it becomes starts to get really vicious between the two, but the boys are so innocent that they, they don't really understand why their parents are arguing and telling Not them to along. stay away from each other and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. it's it's... It's a, 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 a sad, in parts, coming-of-age story, but it is very much a coming-of-age story of these kids kind of losing their innocence and seeing the ugliness and harshness of the world when it comes to money. Just business. Really, yeah, yeah. exactly. And just after just <clears throat> talking about equity, it's funny to, to yeah. see, like, you should love money, and then this is like, no, money can actually tear Destroy things Destroy relationships, yeah, yeah, yeah for so. sure. This one's, uh, I, I absolutely love this movie. I, I think it's one of the, the best indie dramas that you're never going to hear about, honestly. You're not going to hear well, about this Well, on shows like this, you hear about yeah, it. Well, yeah, exactly, and that's, that's you on know what Cannabis you, Life Network, that's like right. synonymous, And that's week. what we do, is yeah. we try to bring these movies to, to people's knowledge. Yeah. Um, but I, honestly, without us, uh, a lot of the mainstream is not going to cover yeah, a movie like this. Uh, I, this is another five for me. I wow. really, really, this really. Is, this is one of the best shows we've had as far as quality I know, right? films. Like, I know, and that's why I feel like people are like, "Oh, well, he just gives fives willy nilly." No, you I, don't. I don't. I really no, don't. You, trust me, he's yeah. not that easy. No, <laughs> yeah, you have exactly. to at least buy him two apple martinis. Exactly. To get Greg, a five. Greg Kinnear got me liquored that's up real else. good, real good. Yeah, and I even like Dear God after. I didn't right, like well, come on in. Come in for your five. five. There, there we go. go. There we go. There we go. Um, but just to just to back myself, my words up here. Uh, okay. Ninety-six percent certified Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Eighty-six meta. Again, we talked about meta being really meta's meta is a good thing. Meta is very tough to get over eighty, like yeah. you said. So uh, little men definitely out there. So I already you've got a handful of movies this week that you're that you're gonna really like. So uh, let's uh, let's get into a, a, a Canadian-made thriller. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Canadian-made, I say, because. Uh, it was filmed in Canada. Everybody else is American involved in this one, except for Joel Kinnaman, who's Swedish. Um, this is kind of a, uh, I've heard it called like Northern Gothic. Like a, just like a, a dark tale about a, a fucked up time in at least one person's life. Uh, this film yep. is called Edge of Winter. Take out a, check out a scene right here. All right. Caleb, show done. See you. Okay, so. Basically, you want to widen your stance and just mash it into your, like the squishy part of your shoulder. Hey. And then just line up. Hey. Hey. Shh. Yeah. Caleb, don't. Nice shot! Nice! See that? If I was a kid, I wouldn't be able to handle that. No? No. Not at all. Not at all. Oh, was I supposed to just let him suffer? What'd you think was gonna happen? I didn't think I'd hit it. Jesus, you boys are soft. Fine, let's just let's just go. Let's go. You okay? Very much a slow burn of a film. Very, very much a slow burn. Uh, this film, uh, for me, the, the high points of this film is all about acting. I, I think Joel Kinnaman is very good in the film. Uh, uh, this is also a DC Comics meets Marvel film because uh, Joel Kinnaman was a brick flag in uh, Suicide Squad uh, oh. that we just saw a couple weeks ago. That's right, good point. And okay. uh, the oldest son plays Bradley as Tom Holland, who's our Spider-Man. That's right. Who's our Spider-Man? Um, I, I also want to mention the young kid that plays Caleb in this movie is actually very, very good. He's yes, got a, he was. He's got a very bright career. I mean, just look at the, those reactions there when he his that reactions rap. were great. Yeah, yeah. I, he has a reaction. And like, I don't want to give anything away, but there's the last shot of him in the movie. Mm -hmm. is, I, I just thought it just tells tells it all. It's just like a it's just like a melting away of his tough facade and stuff. And I, I think it's very interesting. Uh, basically, the film is about uh, Joel Kinnaman plays a man named Elliot who uh, he, he's, he's a man with a temper, uh, for sure. Uh, the movie starts off, he's, he's in a bad conversation. Where he, it sounds like he's trying to get his 
job back because he was either he was either laid off from his job or he was he was forcefully let go from his job. You're not exactly sure, yeah. but he's wearing a cast on his arm that may have something to do with that as well. And then his ex-wife drops off his two kids, who he's been estranged yeah. from for a long time. They seem to know his temper problem as well. And Elliot's biggest problem is that he just can't seem to receive information very well. He just has yes. an adverse reaction to information and it causes his character to lose it. Yeah. Slowly but surely. I just think that, I think there's a lot that you're not privy to as the viewer that is just like piled up on his shoulders that when he finally gets Snaps. stuff knocked off, he just loses it. Yeah, he's highly insecure, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. you can see. And he just wants a relationship with his kids but he's just not all there. Yeah, and the the boat sailed with his older son Bradley. Like he's very standoffish, and maybe that kid, maybe Caleb, the younger one, has still got some. But I mean, you see right there, that's that goes pretty quick. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Sh I mean, I guess when I was a kid, I I got you know pellet guns and things like that, and we try to shoot birds. But yeah, I just never got the idea of hunting. I was never no. a big fan of hunting. I don't get it. I don't yeah. get it either. But, but but that does. I mean, dads yeah. take out their kids and let's go learn how to shoot. And that's yeah. what that scene was all about. And Elliot, they establish Elliot as a very outdoorsman. He, yeah. He's comfortable being an outdoorsman because, I mean, they show his apartment in the beginning is very, very bare. There's not a lot yeah. of stuff there. But it, when he goes out the outdoors, he seems to know all these things and stuff. And he wants to take the boys on this expedition. And they end up, end up getting in trouble and getting stranded. But it turns out that they're getting stranded with the wrong person because Elliot's starting to lose his shit. Yeah. Um, and again, this comes from an unexperienced writer, just like Equity, and an unexperienced director, and it suffers for it, unfortunately. Again, yeah. uh, with acting of this caliber, your movie should not suffer in that way, and it does. It, it very much does. Yeah, I was hooked for the first little bit of this film, and then it started to go a little sideways for me about you know halfway through the second act. I, I was just, I started not really like, there was I had I started having a lot of questions of you know um, you know some of the way the, the story was told I don't want to give away anything um, I just I lo it lost my interest it had no staying power at the end and I was just kind of like mm -hmm. okay it's such an interesting idea but like you said it was just the execution is the there. execution wasn't there yeah so I'm gonna saddle with a two and a half out of five yeah me. I'm gonna give it a two yeah um, it's interesting if you come across it you know somewhere on VOD or on Netflix somewhere down the line. It's an interesting watch just for the acting performances. Alone. Yeah, yeah, and it just shows that people like Tom Holland and, and Joel Kinnaman have star, have star. They're stars in the making. They're, they just need that role that just puts them there, that lead role. There and Spider Man will probably be that for Tom I'd Holland. I like to see Kinnaman in another TV series. Me too. The yeah. Killing is so good. Oh, He's it's so one good of my in the favorite killing. shows. Yeah. That's what made You're my ride, Holden. Uh, you're my ride, Linden. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Holder, such a great character. Um, so yeah, I. I mean, it's a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 52 on Metascore. So it's sitting kind of hanging in the middle where we're kind of giving it. So yeah. it is what it is. Uh, there is one last movie. It's in a limited Ooh. release this week. And, and something that I'm super bummed out that we didn't get to see. Like, I, yeah. I'm so bummed out about this one. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe is an actor that keeps making very, very, very interesting choices in his career. And I, I celebrate mm. all these choices that he's making. This new one has him going undercover in a skinhead gang. It is called Imperium. Take a look. Mm. Yeah, he's such an interesting actor. He seemed like he got a bit more going on the most around I, here. I, I really dig this guy. You remember Oklahoma City? Well, yeah, I guess I was five, but sure. What do you know about Timothy McVeigh? Uh, he was some kind of lone extremist in a militia? Don't be in questions you don't know the answers to here. <sighs> Timothy McVeigh was a decorated Gulf War veteran. He was not insane, he was not a lunatic, and he was not stupid. He was a white supremacist following a plan. What plan? A plan from a book called The Turner Diaries. It's about a race war to exterminate blacks, Jews, and mud people. You know how the war gets started? <clears throat> the hero drives a truck bomb into a federal building. Timothy McVeigh was reenacting that scene from the Turner Diaries. He was carrying the book with him when he was arrested. What he was trying to do was start the race war. You're focused on the Islamic guys. I get it. 
We all create a narrative based on what we think is important. We see what we want to see. But just because you're not looking at something, doesn't mean it's not there. God yeah. damn, even that scene is so massively compelling oh. that I just want to keep watching it. That is juicy. Oh, okay, Daniel Radcliffe, Tony Collette in that scene. Yeah. She's fantastic. That looks great. Oh, now, looks I, so good. I've heard, and maybe people can look, because I don't know off the top of my head, mm. I heard that, uh, although that's going to be very limited, mm -hmm. because we haven't even seen it yet. No, no. Um, so make sure you check your local listings to figure it out. But I heard that's going on VOD fairly quickly. Now, yeah. I can't confirm that for sure. I'll double check. But it will, be on, it will be on iTunes or whatever video, VOD machine you use in, in the not-too-distant future. I'm going to go ahead, uh, uh, sight unseen, I'm still going to recommend that film because it is a 91% on Rotten oh, Tomatoes right now yeah. and a 68 on Metascore, yeah. which is still a, a damn good Metascore, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Because um, that's still green. If you're looking at the color code, that's still green. That, that looks like something I can watch at home with a bowl of popcorn oh, for God, sure. Oh, God, yeah. That's, that, I'm totally <laughs> into that movie. Like, like I said, we could have just sat there and kept watching that. Oh, when, when it's seen like that, when we show clips and you're hypnotized by the, the actual scene. Sometimes we get dropped in and we have no idea what the fuck's going on. Yeah. But that one there, I was like, oh my God, I was eating out of the palm of her hand. Yeah. 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 I'm so totally, interesting. totally into that one. So that one's called Imperium. Timothy I would keep a look at that I didn't one. know that. I wonder if that's true. Right? Yeah. Probably. Oh, food for thought, right? Food yeah. for thought. Alrighty. So now we're getting to a uh, fun part is where we get to uh, pick our brains and give you some morsels of our Netflix and VOD recommendations. Yeah. Alrighty, so uh, mine is brand new to uh, Netflix right now. Uh, it is uh, the first uh, English language film from a Korean director. And, you know, Trevor is, says it all the time. I'm, I'm just a sucker you, for the Koreans. You love the Koreans. I love the Koreans. Uh, this yep. film, uh, I remember <laughs> hearing about it for so long before it came out. And then it, it came out and played very limited here in, uh, in, in Canada. Um, but now it's on Netflix for you to see. It's got Chris Evans, Jamie Bell, Tilda Swinton, Ed Harris. Uh, the list goes on and on. It's a post-apocalyptic film called Snowpiercer. Take a look. Nice. Good pick, Steve. I dig this movie. It's just gorgeous. Has it been on Netflix for a bit? No, just uh, as of Friday. Just later. dropped back on. I think it's been on before. Maybe I've seen it. It was brought on before. They probably took it away. But it, uh, as of Friday, yeah. it's back. Yeah. They do that once in a while. They make you want it back. I love the scene where they go into the, the school. You've seen the movie, right? Yep. Seen when, the, when they go into the, the school cart, and then everyone's oh, like yeah. pulling guns in the school oh, yeah. cart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what? I know. What? It's just crazy how the front of the train is in that movie. Oh, God. Class war. This, this movie is just, it just kept, it starts you, it drops you in the middle of a world where you, where it's been kind of established for a while. There's been generations living on a train that is just zooming through the world because the world's frozen. Yeah. And as the, the, all the classes have been broken up, it's kind of like high rise in which Very all the classes have been broken up. The poor classes at the back of the train and they've had enough because they've, they've been on ration food for so long and just been abused because if you turn against this the the the, the higher place of the establishment mm -hmm. they open up a hole in the in the side of the cart and stick a limb out until yeah. it freezes off essentially it's it's crazy so they start to rebel back and so this rebellion starts to move cart by cart and it just gets more and more twisted and weird and weird yeah. and, and heightened as they go forward and this film's incredible. As they go higher in class. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's such a good ride. Yeah. And, um, and it's a movie that got largely forgotten, too. And very I, much so. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of unfair. Um, but now, it, uh, Trevor was saying during the clip that it, it was, uh, that he thinks it was on Netflix before and it went away for a bit, but now it's back. Now it's back. So you can, uh, you can take a look. Uh, watch Snowpiercer. This one's a, uh, this one's a trip. It's a bit. doozy, man. You yeah. could make that a stoner flick as well, yeah. for sure. And like we said, you know, we love Korean films. Yeah. And there's such good quality films coming from that part of the world. Yeah. Um, and there's a full-on axe battle in the movie where a whole yes. bunch of people with axes fight each other. I was just going to say, yeah, that's the <laughs> difference between this Snowpiercer and High Rise. Yeah. There's a full-on axe, full axe battle. axe <laughs> battle. Yeah. But that's my pick for this week is Snow, Snowpiercer. Okay. Nice. Well done, sir. Well done. Well, I, uh, I picked, I jumped on Netflix. We're going Netflix here yeah. this, this week. And uh, where to invade next? Michael Moore's new documentary that... Um, 
I hadn't had a chance to see yet. Um, and so when I saw it on Netflix, I was like, oh, that's a pleasant little surprise. Hell yeah. I love his documentaries. Um, I like Bowling for Columbine is one of my favorite docs of all time. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That movie just hits you. Uh, well, here's a clip to where to invade next. Michael Moore. Are you paid for these weeks? Yeah, sure. Because uh, every year we usually have like 30, 35 oh, days uh, of Italians. Uh, you know, paid, holidays. Paid, paid holiday. We are paid. So wait, and that's they're, uh, five days a week? Vacation. Seven weeks. Plus we have the national holidays. How many are there of those? Days, 12. Well, so that's another week or two. Più c'è il Santo Patrono. Ah, city has a Saint Patron. Patron say, yeah. yeah. It's a city holiday. And you're paid for the stay? Yes. Yes. And when you get married, <laughs> you yeah. have 15 days more. Yeah. 15, wait a minute. 15. When you get married, you have 15 days paid holiday? To go yeah. on honeymoon. To go on honeymoon. Yes. yes. They pay they, for your honeymoon. Yes. yes. They pay for your honeymoon. Yes. Eight weeks paid vacation. In December, we have an additional salary in Italy. Most, I think everybody. What's additional mean? We call 13th because 12 months, so the we have the 13th month. salary in magic December. Month. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. You get this 13th month, this imaginary month that you didn't work. Yes. And then you get another month, another salary just, during the month. Just because, um, like, like that what? Is paid ten percent more? Uh, no, no, twenty. No, a full salary. So you get two months' pay for one month of work. Yes. Why? Your regular pay is to pay the monthly bills. What money do you have left over to go on vacation? <laughs> That's the way the Italians see it. What good's a vacation if you can't afford to go on it? Good. Yeah. God. So that was Michael Moore in Italy. <laughs> and so the premise of this documentary, Where to Invade Next, is he's, he's taken upon himself. He's got the American flag. He's gone across uh, to the overseas to Europe uh, that he calls, you know, other, the other Caucasian people with, you know, names that are hard to pronounce. That's what he says. <laughs> and he goes to these other countries throughout mm -hmm. Europe and is going in there to invade these countries and take their good ideas and bring them back to the United States. And basically what he's doing is he's opening up this part of the world to show you some of the things that are working really well, like free education, uh, like better education. Like instead of, you know, maybe giving kids tons and tons of homework, how about mm. not give them any homework at all? Yeah. You know, um, they go to places like, you know, you were talking about Germany earlier. Yeah. And the things that, you know, in Italy, you got, you know, like the amount of weeks that you have for vacation. Um, in France, they, they feed kids, elementary school kids, like actual um, culinary dishes culinary food in mm -hmm. their cafeteria on actual china yeah, yeah. healthy food that's just amazing and, and it's just he's taking all these good ideas uh out of all these countries and saying you know in some ways it's a big commercial for some sort of socialism but, mm -hmm. you know but these ideas that could work instead of the united states where everyone's in debt and yeah. you know um you know and, and, and education is is getting worse um and so He's kind of opening your eyes to another way of living. Now, granted, it is very biased. And, yeah, you know, as his stuff Throughout is, the movie, yeah. he does make reference that these, some of these other countries aren't perfect. But, you know, the idea of free university, you know, free college, both secondary, you know, it does work in some countries. In Italy, it does work to give their workers, the people that work there, all this vacation time because they're happier people, right? And mm -hmm. they, you know, they, if they're happier and they're having more sex and they're... You know, everything is great. They're also better workers, more productive workers, right? And right. Um, so these are all really great ideas that he claims that he wants to bring back to the United States. So it's uh, on Netflix, Michael Moore, uh, highly worth uh, your time. And it'll open your eyes for sure, definitely. Yeah, yeah I definitely dug that one for sure. Yeah. yeah. I remember giving it a good review, I think. Yeah, you did. Had a really good review. I think I gave it a five even. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's move on from those uh, recommendations and give you some of the news. Ooh. Hello, and welcome back to another exciting news flash from Flex Alrighty, so let's talk Star Wars. 
I mean, I've got all day for Star Wars. There we man. go. Let's talk a little we'll bit of Star, Star Wars, Wars here. There you go. There you go. Pat the head of Star Wars behind you. Um, so I mean, we we got the another Rogue One trailer, which is fucking gorgeous. Yes. Uh, it's just, it's so great. So I think we're dispelling a little bit of rumors about the reshoots and about Gareth Edwards. Uh, um, spot as getting replaced a director, I think it's a bunch of bullshit, really. Um, but that's not what we're talking about now. Uh, the the principal filming of episode eight has wrapped a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Um, and uh, Ryan Johnson earlier this week uh, Instagrammed a picture saying the editing process begins, and you see a couple of people at uh, you know at the editing bay getting mm -hmm. ready. Um, and now John Williams has said that he'll start composing the score <gasps> for episode eight within the next three weeks. Oh my God. Which means that there's going to be finished footage for him to score to. Yeah. So it means, okay. I don't know, could we get a trailer for this movie in the next six months? Is that possible? Is it possible before the end of 2016 we could see a trailer? Christmas. Yeah. There I will think, be a trailer at Christmas. I think. I think. I there think will right. be a trailer at Christmas. I think there'll be a trailer, maybe, maybe in front of Rogue One. Ah, when does Rogue One come out again? Uh, December. That's right. It does. December. I could see a trailer before Rogue One. Yeah. I think uh, that's the perfect kinda, time, Steve. This is kind of what I'm, what I'm feeling. I'm feeling so, it too. The this is force the reason, is strong in you. Yes, this is the reason I'm bringing up the Star Wars story right now. Just so, a rumor. Just yes. ideas. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but I can see it happening. So, secondary, second story this week. All right. Um, I know people for years, for years, have been duped with the idea that the Coen brothers would make the first sequel to any of their films ever, and that would be The Big Lebowski 2. We can only hope. We, we can only, only hope. We, we, we've been duped by articles. Mm -hmm. So many things have come, come through and been debunked. Yes. Well, now the Coens have said themselves that John Turturro is filming a spinoff with his own character. Meal, meal, the man. The Jesus. Don't fuck with the Jesus. Nobody fucks with the Jesus, Yeah, man. so the man that went door to door and had to tell him he was a sex offender has his own movie that's <laughs> currently filming right now oh, with geez. other... Uh, Audrey Tattoo is apparently in this one. There, there's actually like a cast to this one. I don't know. I, I, if, if this is real, which sounds so fucking real right now i'm totally down i'm totally down. i don't want to be tricked steve no i don't want to be tricked don't either play with my heart i and I, I mean this is the playlist.net that put this this article out uh who is pretty reputable so i don't know i'm feeling interested about this one uh john Turturro has been a good filmmaker himself uh mm -hmm. he's made films like fading gigolo and stuff like that so i don't know I, i'm feeling this one might go under the radar a little bit when it comes out but the simple fact that it is a spinoff is very interesting. So hopefully we're not duped again. I don't really want to dupe anybody. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, keep an Pull eye out for John Turturro's new film, I guess. Pull the trigger until it goes click. There you go. There you go. We know who's fans of this movie here. Yes. Hell, I mean, it, the, I mean, one of the lines was almost the title of this show. That's true. And it's, it's still in the, in the opening it, credits of our show. It so. is one of my top five Yeah, definitely. Movies. And the final thing, and this one's more of like a message to the world rather than actual film news. Um, oh, Kevin yes. Smith's daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, uh, was, at the, was at a Sundance event uh, last weekend and put up a professionally shot selfie of her online and just got fucking attacked by some asshole. Some total some, douchebag, anonymous some, piece of shit. So, some, some keyboard word that's pissed off that his mom didn't fucking microwave his hot pocket correctly and there was a cold center decided to fucking take his fucking that pisses me off his and it makes me mad too but i'm not going to scream at a 16 year old girl sorry uh, mom on uh instagram about it no and like called her called her yeah should i even say it the c word yeah, and all this other shit i don't want to repeat you can find exactly. it online just vile vile shit and kevin smith made a post about it and been like you could channel all of this stuff into something creative and instead, what you're doing is channeling all of this into just vile acid that does nothing yeah. for anybody yeah. except for anger other people, make you look like a piece of shit. And honestly, this just applies to all trolls everywhere that you have, you're putting energy into the wrong fucking area. 
Oh yeah. And you know what? I mean, it's never gonna stop anybody from from putting their 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 all their fucking shitty opinions out there, and you know, kiboshing or, or you know, skewering Ghostbuster films and, and whatever yeah. else you want to do. Like, there's just so much contemptuous bullshit. Oh, it's the, the internet. Why, why add to it? And know? when you're that famous, when you you know your father's that famous, and you know you're you're now you know making a career for yourself, and you're putting yourself out there as a celebrity and and, mm -hmm. and whatnot, well, you're gonna get that in buckloads. And and you know what I liked about it was Kevin Smith. He could have gotten you know he couldn't have said I mean he could have been completely quiet about it, or he could have just lost his shit on the guy. Mm -hmm. But he actually wrote something that was quite meaningful and interesting. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, and he used that as a platform to show, like, there, this is a lot of shitty things online mm -hmm. that people do, and it's just really mm -hmm. honest. If you put that energy into something else, um, you know, m make something of yourself. Yep. And so, you know, there's he was mentioning there's a lot of probably jealousy involved yeah. with a lot of people when they see someone succeed, they want to tear them down. And, That's right. You know, it's it's just a sad state of society, and, and it sucks. But one thing I, I've learned about trolls over the years and I'm still getting trying to get better at it is just just ignore it yeah just yeah. leave it alone yeah, and just exactly. let somebody say what they want to say it's just he kind of gave him his his internet his Facebook and his social media couple minutes mm -hmm. almost been like look at this guy's stupid face and stupid fucking I comments. think it's important though because mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who aren't even celebrities who you know a lot of girls who deal with fucking loser guys like yeah. that online that say really terrible things and my final thing on it is like, how dare you exhibit, you know, punish, punish the child for the cinematic sins of the father? Yeah, really, cinematic sins. Really, those are like yeah. really like at, at the basis of all, you're getting mad at Harley for Yoga Hosers, which was written and directed by Kevin Smith. So you're exacting your revenge on the person portraying it to get that mad. To get yoga that mad, hosers. to get that mad, and and say that she should die. Yeah, horrible. Ah, horrible. Anyway. anyway, let's move on and let's let's clear the air. I and need smoke a, up the air. I let's need a just, joint. Yeah, let's just Woo. get let's get all happy and couch locked with our stoner picks, everybody. Let's do it. Now. As you know, in the organization of this show, and as Trevor pointed out to me, we just kind of reviewed this movie a couple of months back. But now that the movie is on Blu-ray, sometimes <laughs> it gives it something completely different. And uh, with this film, that completely different is that you get a two-disc Blu-ray with four-hour special features and including a whole separate movie that you didn't get to see. It's called Raiders, the, greatest, the story of the greatest fan film ever made. Take a look. When you look at the original fire that freaked out the moms and had them shut down production <laughs> and compare that to the fire that they actually created afterwards, it's mind-boggling. There's ten times more fire. Actually uh, gave us direction as to where to put the fire. Behind the bar? Yeah. In the corner? And so here's this guy who is supposed to be responsible for kind of making sure that the fire doesn't get out of hand saying, more fire. How about some on the front of the bar? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. That's perfect. Uh, we found a, an adult even less responsible than we were. Don't forget all America. <laughs> Let's do it again real quick. Nothing better to do. <laughs> wow. And they paid him in the beer. Fact that they didn't burn down the house is a miracle. Okay. Yeah. We reviewed that movie just a couple months ago, and yeah. you're so excited now that people can buy it on Blu-ray. I am, because you can actually, uh, on the Blu-ray now, is the actual film, the, their, their film that they made, oh. which we haven't been able to see, see I wonder if they'll go on VOD as well. I, if they'll have as something. The, as the, with the special features, though, on everything? Maybe. Sometimes Maybe. Do I don't know. iTunes does it every now and then. Mm -hmm. But I think if if you've already seen this and you want that more in depth, you're gonna want to pick up this Blu-ray. And it's just, I, I, as you know, a, a film fan and a, and a stoner as well, I love getting ripped and just. You love documentaries pieces. about films. We've talked about a lot in this show. Yeah, I, I do too. But and, special and feature, film. special features too special features, are something yeah. I get into. Commentaries and, and and little behind the scenes, deleted scenes, all that kind of stuff is is, is stuff that that I can just get lost in for hours. And and a four hour featurettes, I'm all over that. So that's and why I'm bringing that as a And you still love your Blu-rays and your I DVDs. I do. 
You still there? I still You're never I'm gonna still let there. that one go. No, no, yeah. I'm a collector for life. Yeah. Criterion guy. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Punch Drunk Love's coming to the Criterion. Okay, sorry. <laughs> anyway, what's your stoner pick this week, buddy? <laughs> the biggest cinephile I know. Like, I love movies, but you are on a whole other level. That's what I love about you, man. Honestly, uh, my stoner pick this uh, week is uh, Happy Gilmore. Uh, because Good tie-in. Yeah. It's I, a really smart tie-in. Yeah. <laughs> They're, uh, basically, Adam Sandler is one of his best films. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And I remember the first time I, I watched it, I just laughed my ass off with my friends and I watched it so many times after. It's one of those films you can put on late at night, uh, you know, if it's on Netflix or whatever, or if you have it, most people have it on VHS or DVD. Um, and you just put it on late at night when you're drunk, you come home from the bar or you're just ripped or whatever, and you just throw it on and you just get a good chuckle out of it and then fall asleep. Here is Happy you're gonna Gilmore. Love, you're gonna love this scene. Good, good, I, I love every scene. I hope it's Ben Stiller. I don't know what scene you picked. It's quite a show you put on nope. Gilmore. Shooter. You're the talk of the tournament. Wow, thanks a lot. Yeah, well, you really crushed that ball off the tee, I'll tell you what. Chris McDonald's so funny in this. Yeah. yeah. So funny. Yeah, you can probably get a very good living traveling around, hustling at driving ranges. Thanks, Phil. That's, 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 you know, I know what you're doing right now, mm. and I don't like it. So why don't you just shut your trap before I put my foot in it? Yeah. Don't turn your back on me. Let's get one thing straight. This is Shooter's tour. I've worked hard my whole life, paid my dues, and now it's Shooter's turn. And okay. Shooter's not about to let his reign at the top be spoiled by some freak sideshow clown. Did you just call me a freak? I was on this tour for one reason, money. But now I got a new reason, kicking your ass. Well, <laughs> I'd like to see you try. Let's do it. I'm <laughs> on a golf course. Hey, what is going on here, huh? <laughs> oh, I was just, um... Looking for the other half of this bottle, and uh, oh, there's some of it right there's a, There's some right there, too. Why don't you just put it down? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Just stay out of my way, or you'll pay. Listen to what I say. How about I just go eat some hay? I can make things out of clay and lay by the bay. I just may. What do you say? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shooter McGavin. I miss that kind of Adam Sandler. Yeah, exactly. He was, uh, you know, if people have never seen this film, let me explain to you what it's about. Basically, he plays a uh, hockey player, uh, <laughs> he calls himself. He's not very good, which in real life, actually, Adam Sandler sucks at both, in real life, sucks at both at hockey and golf. Can't play either <laughs> Shit. really well, but he's a hockey player who decides he's going to be a golfer because he can hit the ball really far. Mm -hmm. And he decides to try to win some money because he's going to try to save his grandma's house. Yeah. And uh, so he goes on the pro tour because he's the man who can just, just drill the ball. He's got personality and it just becomes this sort of big golf celebrity mm -hmm. and just completely different than all the other sort of stuffed up golfers. Um, yeah, bet there's a great scene. There's another great scene about this film that I really like is the Ben Stiller scene. He plays Hal, who works at the uh, old folks home. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's where Adam Sandler's... Uh, mom is 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 at and mm -hmm. it's one of the funniest scenes of the movie but the reason i brought this up is um cannabis life network is also got a 420 tournament yes the 420 golf tournament yes. yeah at which uh we've been invited to do and I, I can't play golf i don't know about you i'm not much of a golfer not, I, yeah i driving range sure maybe if i sparked <laughs> a, a joint or two I mini could golf probably, yes yeah <laughs> mini golf i'm the king of mini golf yeah so yeah. i'm thinking i might go i don't know Thinking about going? Oh, I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. So Cannabis Life Network, you can find out information there. Definitely. Definitely. 420 golf tournament. We, hey, come on. I'm just going for the 420. We might even fight Bob Barker there. That won't happen, but, yeah. you know. I'll fight somebody. <laughs> yeah. I'll wear my Boston Bruins jersey. Come, we'll fight someone. That's what we got to do. Wear the Boston Bruins jersey. And just That'll fight people in the parking lot. I'm a hockey player. <laughs> I'm here to play golf. As we do, we usually get fights in fights in parking lots all the time. Oh, for sure, we like to rumble. Yes, but uh, some but we really don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we don't no, talk we don't. We don't. Rule. No, it's yeah, golf fight club. We don't talk about golf fight club. No. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so that is that is it for this episode, episode forty-one, the uh, Vincent K. McMahon episode. Uh, Woo! We didn't we didn't get uh, uh, we didn't get Vince on the show unfortunately because we phoned him to be on the show and he said there's no chance in hell and you know all that kind of stuff. 
happened. That's a good WWE. You're fired. You're fired. Oh, man. I can't wait till this professional wrestling week is or <laughs> the next few episodes are over because I'm just going to punish you with something. I'm going to find a different subject matter. He's, he sets it up for me and then he's going to punish for me. Oh, later, what's so. next week? Rowdy Piper? Oh, are we doing Rowdy Piper? No, I don't know yet. I don't know. It's going to be a surprise. Who knows? But uh, you can <laughs> find awesome. all of our shows on the Cannabis Life Network as well as LeagueOfManChildren.com and the Daily Hive. All of them yes. are there. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the Steebel Dead. I'm at Trev Duick. Follow me if you want. And uh, what's going on next week? Uh, we have a very limited amount of movies next week. Just five movies next week. We have uh, a new Jason Statham sequel that seems quite unnecessary. Uh, director Fede Alvarez is doing his follow-up to Evil Dead, and it's already getting really, really, really good reviews right now. Mm. Uh, we get a limited comedy thriller from Norway with Stellan Skarsgård. Yep. Uh, John Krasinski's latest directorial effort, and the filmmaking debut of actress Clea Duvall as well. And we're going to bring our buddy Casey White back to talk some TV. Yes. TV next time. Week. Because we're heading into a new season, so uh, like, what what do you want to watch, right? Some fall stuff coming. Exactly. So uh, we get into all of that next week on on uh, <laughs> 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 on the Cannabis Life Network. We are Flix Anonymous. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye. C L N. Hey, you crazy cinephiles. Thanks for listening to Flix Anonymous. We can be heard weekly on VanCityBuzz.com and LeagueOfManChildren.com. Feel free to send us nasty and abusive social media messages on Twitter at FlixAnon. If you need more characters to tell us how much we suck, you can find Flix Anonymous on Facebook. Until next week, may your weed be stinky and your scotch be hoppy.